The world is ever changing and sometimes we just need a helping hand. Hey, it's one more about the Rama. New apps here, new tech there, it's all very exciting. But it's nice to have something you can count on. Like insurance from State Farm. ¿Tienes preguntas sobre tu seguro? Con State Farm puedes llamar a tu agente o conectar con ellos. Aprende más en es.statefarm.com Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. If you're anything like me, you're booked and busy. From family duties and work responsibilities to catching up on your favorite shows and podcasts. Yes, like Wrestling with Freddie. With me, Freddie Prince Jr. With all the responsibilities we have, it's always nice to have someone in your corner. That's why State Farm is there for you with your auto and home insurance needs, helping you protect the things you love and helping you save money. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Call or go to statefarm.com for a quote today. State Farm, proud sponsor of the Michael Tura Podcast Network. This is an official download from thecustardtv.com. Hi guys, it's Luke. Remember me? Spoiler alert, I'm on the podcast this week using a brand new microphone. Now I thought that when I put myself on mute, I was immune to the world. I could do anything and not be heard. However, the mute either didn't work or I did something wrong. And while I was blissfully typing emails and clicking around the web, while somewhat paying attention to my podcast colleagues... I could actually be heard on the recording. It is purely my fault. I'm still working on the kinks of this thing and I apologise if you hear the occasional click of a mouse. In fact, if you can count them up and tell me on Twitter how many clicks you heard, then you can win a prize. Possibly. I don't know. Anyway, enjoy the podcast. Don't let the clicking put you off. Hello folks and welcome to another edition of the Custard TV podcast. It's me again, your friend Matt. I am joined by uh, my trusty companion Sarah. How are you Sarah? I'm good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Have you had a good couple of weeks uh, since we last spoke to you? Yes, everything's been getting quite real and I've been doing quite a lot of adulting so I need to watch TV, have a break I think. And uh, joining me and Sarah today, I'm just checking my notes, uh, somebody called Luke. Luke. It's Luche. <laughs> Luche. Do you remember I'm... how to do this? No, I don't. Is it where we talk about telly and whatnot? Yeah. What's the adulting you've done? Buying kitchens, getting uh, kitchen fitters, realizing oh. how much money that's going to cost. Now I've got a, a a thing we might fall out over based on your Twitter this week. I think I had my first ever hot cross bun because they weren't a thing in America. I think I had them um, a couple of weeks How ago. How long have you been back in the UK, Luke? Yeah, but I just, it just you know, you go so long without something like a hot cross bun and you realise your life doesn't need it. It's not something you require to survive. It's just something that would be nice and I treated myself to one, but um, I had one and I didn't realise you had to toast it and I apologise. I didn't know. Because oh. that's a toasted tea cake, surely. That's what you do with the... A tea cake, it, I would toast. Essentially, it's a tea cake with a cross on it. That's basically it. It's a it. religious tea cake, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it's a tea I cake have... that's gone to confession. 
I did say, oh God, several times because I couldn't get the stupid thing out of the packet. So does that count? <laughs> I don't, I wouldn't like to think of you struggling over the toaster. Troll. Do you grill them, Sarah? What's your, your um, method? Really, it's safest to grill, but yeah. I am, I'm a, I'm a person who risks the toaster. Yeah, and me sometimes... too. I think the thing is, though, that they do get sometimes stuck in there if you don't sort of cut them right, Luke. They do. You know? I know you don't tend to use household appliances very much, but, you know, in... in Luke's got staff. In toasting a hot cross bun, it is a sort of sense of jeopardy from time to time. Mm. <laughs> now, I'm glad ever... we can talk about the serious things on this podcast. Have you, have, you, have you ever had one just sort of completely disintegrate in the toaster? Because I had that the other day. Oh. It just sort of clung to the side of the, of the toaster. Poor Matt, how's your mouth? Oh yeah, it's fine. Yeah, I, I, was, oh, yeah. I was just talking about. I didn't. I didn't burn my mouth on the on the hot cross bun. No, I had a an odd Saturday dentist appointment that they only told me about on the Friday, and it was the first half of a root canal. It's fine now, but you know when they numb your mouth. I was expecting you to sound quite sort of. Slobber. No, I mean it was just like Luke. So Luke's like, oh, I'm free. Do you want to do the podcast? You know, I would have you know, loved just... to have done it with you with the root canal mouth. I would have loved well, to have done I, it. I hadn't obviously watched one of the shows either, and I know Sarah I does most care. of her homework at the weekend. You alluded that I live with my folks, and they've just got one of those life-changing appliances that we've lived, or they, they've lived past 60 years without having one, but it is life-altering, and it is one of those... Can I not guess? The, not, not one of those top-brand ones, but I don't know whether you went for it in your kitchen, Sarah. The instant hot water tap. Oh, no, I didn't because it, I haven't got it was a cheap hot water one, money. but it was mm. a cheaper one. Yeah. And it's life changing. Is it? It oh, does damn. change your life. I literally bought a kitchen tap a week ago. I wish I'd spoken to you. <laughs> yeah, well, not many people say they wish they'd spoken to me, but I'll take that. <laughs> and that's not going to be edited out. That'll be kept in. So that when I'm feeling low one day, I can rewind that and say, somebody wish they'd spoken to me. <laughs> Luke and Matt. This could be a podcast. A podcast? Don't you have to be some sort of whiz kid to do those? Uh, definitely not. Anyone with a computer can make one. Talking telly. Use your ears and trust them. This is the Custard TV podcast. Yes, that would entertain me briefly. From thecustardtv.com. Yeah, so on the podcast today, we will be talking about the new ITV four part drama that's stripped across this week, and that is Our House. Uh, we've got Netflix's new drama series, Thriller, Pieces of Her. Uh, we've got Hulu's The Dropout, which the first three episodes are up on Disney+. And we have got American comedy drama, Somebody Somewhere, which is currently airing on Sky Comedy. Let's start with our house. As Matt said, stripped across the week, four episodes... This is a drama that is basically all spoiled in the trailer that ITV keep putting on if you've seen it. Basically, Tuppence Middleton, who I haven't come across before, but, you know, if somebody was called Tuppence Middleton in a drama, I'd have immediately switched off. It just sounds like something that Beatrix <laughs> Potter would have written. Uh, here comes Tuppence Middleton. But Tuppence Middleton is Thee, and she arrives home to her house... To find out, it's actually our house and new people have moved in. They've forged her signature on um, the documents required. They've spoken to solicitors. Well, and... we don't know that, do we? The documents are signed, but she doesn't... I, I suppose that's what they're signed with her. We assume that they are forged. <sighs> Sarah, Sarah, I haven't missed this. <laughs> I thought I'd missed this, you know, and I haven't missed this. 
Her <laughs> husband is Bram, played by properly Scottish Martin Comston. Fee's been away a couple of days, and when she comes home and finds the new occupant in the house, she doesn't know where he is. She doesn't know where her two young sons are. She finds out that they've not been in school for a couple of days. And then we get the 10 years earlier mark. I kept waiting for it to happen. I kept thinking, surely at some point this is going to go six months earlier, six hours earlier, you know. But 10 years is quite a jump. That might be the furthest we've ever gone Mm. back in time uh, from one of these things. And it shows that... Bram and Fee have quite a comfortable life. They buy this house in London that needs a bit of a doing up. But then she finds him in the shed with one of her best friends having a bit of shed action. (laughs) Um, I hope they tidied the tools away first. That was one of my big things. I was thinking it was more of a Wendy house. So if this Wendy house is rocking, don't come a knocking. I think it was the kids' playhouse. I think they made oh, a point no, of that. Oh no, that's they? wrong. If that's true, I just thought he was in yeah. there with the black. No, and they did mention the playhouse in the garden, didn't it's they? Now you've got to say it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's the kids' but... playhouse. How did they both fit in? Okay, we got. There's more there <laughs> than needs to be explored. <laughs> so after discovering this and discovering it was with one of her best friends, Fee throws him out, and they go to a counsellor who says you can each stay there in the week um, and then somebody can have the boys in the house at the weekends and you can have a flat in the meantime that each of you go to. That whole sequence was so weird where she did a big emphasis on changing the sheets all the time. Mm. Their relationship is disintegrating and then we reach the point where he has sold the house from under her. That's basically it, really. Well, we don't, There's some we other don't, stuff going on. Luke, we, we don't know. That's the mystery, is how this house has been <laughs> sold. Why well, you didn't get that. That's what I got. I don't know, Sarah. Where, oh, where okay. were you on that? I the don't mystery care. Is, well, the central mystery is her going, well, how has this house been sold? You know, I haven't signed anything. We assume that he has sold it, but we don't know that for sure. And that's what we're sort of finding out. That's the... The point yeah. of that's what I got anyway, Sarah. Is that where is that what that, you got? Yeah, well? I think that was pretty much it. Um, yeah. So we kind of assumed that because he's a bad lad and he's sort of making overtures that he wants to get back together with her, and it wasn't such a big deal, and she kind of rebuffs him and all this, um, and then maybe he's thinking about sleeping with someone from work in a bar and all this. It's all very mucky and grubby. So we assumed that out of revenge, for some reason. He's decided that now's the time and he's just going to essentially make her homeless. Um, but uh, as Luke said under his breath a little while ago, I don't care. Well, I that wasn't care. under his breath. That wasn't <laughs> under Luke's breath. I don't think, to be fair to Sarah, I don't think I've ever said anything under my breath. No. Even when I've tried, <laughs> even when I've specifically made the effort to. It does, I can't whisper either. I'm really bad you at whispering. You said the loud, the loud part quiet and the quiet part loud. Like <laughs> in the Simpsons. Yeah, I mean, this was flat as a pancake. Uh, it had some pedigree. Simon Ashdown, he does the big Christmas EastEnders normally. He does all the profound character work, sort of the big moments, and he does them with a great deal of empathy and humanity rather than pizzazz and, and over-the-topnessness. Mm. Here, was it was just all on the surface. He's ad- adapted this, though, hasn't he, from a yeah, book? Yeah, this is, is from a, a book from yeah. Louise Cavendish. It's just a lazy thing to do, isn't it? To adapt this sort of, as we use every week, airport novel that's supposed to mm. grip people in. Rupert Penry-Jones is going to be in this, although he wasn't in 
this opening episode. It ends bizarrely with a really odd chase, but we don't know what that's all about. There was just no, no hooks here. It's those middle class problems we seem to be rebuffing against week after week. And this was a real chore. I did not like this at all. And it does make me feel like somebody like Martin Comston clearly coming off a huge success like Line of Duty just can't find his footing now. And it's the same with Vicky McClure. I know Trigger Point had its, had its fans, but she's not been able to really capitalise on the success of that show and go into something with equally the amount of depth or discussion. Trigger it's Point, just a shame. Did you, see that, did you see that Trigger Point's been picked up for a second series? I did, and I didn't think for one minute that it wouldn't be. Sarah, is, is that all you've got to add, really, that you don't care? And if it is, I, I that's absolutely <laughs> fine. Because it, it, no, it, it did feel uh, flat. Yeah, completely flat, and it's a really odd conceit, and I uh, just didn't really give a shit, to be honest. Um, But I thought it was quite interesting, and sort of they definitely took a real style choice with this, because it's so gloomy and shadowy and spooky, and every interior is really arty and very cold and blue. Rich people problems, but with spooky haunted house music over the top of it. Some some uh, very clever reviewer elsewhere um, called these shows ITV's kitchen dramas, kitchen mm. island dramas. Sorry. This is a sort and of house yeah. that would have the expensive hot water tap. Well, this is my this is part of the ITV extended universe that I'm creating with. Like all these dramas exist in the same universe, is what I'm saying. Like yeah. Hollington Drive, what was that one? Angela Black and this are all like all these houses could be on the same estate couldn't they Channel Angela Black as well have got the the estate next door Angela Black could live next door to these you know the Lawsons and the characters on Hollington Drive and you wouldn't bat an eyelid what was yep. the Emily Watson one where she was the criminal profiler close, close to me yeah. close to no. her life is full of surprises some good some not so much. Hola, it's Honey. Hola, it's Carolina. Y sabes que estar preparado para cualquier cosa es importante. Whether that's in our roles as mothers, wives, businesswomen, or podcasters. On our show Life in Spanglish, you know that being open to unexpected turns has been an important part of our success. Pero we can use some help. Oh yes, la buena ayuda is welcome. Y si pasa algo, tranquilitos. Isn't it good knowing that with a State Farm agent you can worry less because someone will be personally invested in safeguarding your goals plus they have the options to talk to a real person whenever a customer needs especially when those unexpected turns come up it's the personalized attention you can count on aprende más en es.statefarm.com como un buen vecino state farm está allí we started our company girls who do interiors before we even graduated design school and we turned to chase for business to build along with us they had everything from banking to payment acceptance to credit cards all in one place And with the Chase mobile app, our business is wherever we are. It's made for business owners who build to inspire. Learn more at chaseforbusiness.com. Make more of what's yours. Real customers compensated. Chase mobile app is available for select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. J.P. Morgan Chase Bank and a member of DIC. <laughs> it was one of them. It definitely had closed it. Close to me yeah. was the Christopher Eccleston Channel 4 acquisition. Too close. Too close. Too close. Too close for COVID. That's what it was. That's probably where they lived. Too close. Just just one more point on the ridiculousness of this. So you've bought a lovely new house. You're moving your stuff in. The removal men are there. Your husband's going to join you shortly. A freaked out woman walks in, says it's her house, starts making demands, getting really cross, 
I would not be that nice to that woman. I no. would I would call no. the police immediately. I wouldn't let her hang out for a bit telling my sto- her story and having her flashbacks in my kitchen. Keep going, look, look, here's the contract. Yeah. Look, deranged woman. <laughs> Just ludicrous. I don't know why it had to do the 10 years later thing at the beginning because all that opening sequence is in the trailer, that whole thing. Well, we of... had the first time I've ever seen a conception montage, so that was well, interesting. Oh, yeah, we had Maybe a it might be the first time you've seen one. <laughs> <laughs> You're not watching the right things. Those channels that you have to call the premium rate numbers for, Luke. I, you know, I can't I afford those. those now. I've got the hot water tap. <laughs> <laughs> For me, the one sort of thing I would say, having watched all of this week's shows, is this is the only one where the first episode sort of explains everything you need to know. The other the other dramas we're watching, I felt like I didn't get everything. You need to watch more to understand. You know, we'll get there. But I know all I need to know about these characters within the first 20 minutes and what's happening here. It is, as you say, middle-class problems. But again, like I will say, with all of these dramas, the ones that are stripped across the week, people will get home from work at nine o'clock and just watch them. People will have that intrigue. I know we didn't, but people will be watching this. You know, again, it's got familiar faces like Martin Compton anchoring it. Um, what I will say in terms of the uh, the obsession of the sheets is the fact that Martin Compton likes to get his jollies on in the in the backyard they might want to think about mowing the grass as well really um, or perhaps putting pebbles down to make it a challenge oh yes yes <laughs> <laughs> and there was this odd thing about the next door neighbor being pregnant as well and her saying it's not his and i don't know what that was meant to play into no, I anything. thought she was the one he'd got down and dirty within the player yeah 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 she, she was but i mean she comes around and says i'm pregnant but it's not yours I don't want you thinking it is. So it probably to be is fair, his. Matt, we didn't see, but she may have done that to every neighbour. We, you know, we only saw <laughs> him because he was relevant to the story, but she might have just been doing the rounds going, it's not yours, Mrs Jones, either, but I thought I'd let you know that it, I'm pregnant and you're going to be seeing me waddling around. I know you said that you got everything out of it in episode, or you understood where it was going forward. Yeah. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that you're interested in watching it No, 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 but what I want to say in terms of the story structure of this compared to the other two things we watched is that at the end of those two episodes, I'm like, well, you've just started telling me the story and the job of the first episode, as we always say, should be to, you know, where you are and where you're going. Only if you're reading drama for idiots. Although although the first episode should introduce you to the world, it should have enough mm. intrigue that you go, mm. yes, I want to spend more time but and I learn more. But I think this will have that for people, I think. Not us, but people who, again getting from work what's on itv let's watch that for four nights we know the people in it yeah. it's a simple story i don't I th- think so i don't think so i think people people will be done in the first 10 minutes they'll go and find I something else know. i don't know you know i I, I, know. Have yet, I was at wedding with all sorts of demographics uh, asking me what should i watch and i don't think any of those people that i spoke to even if i'd recommended this would watch it past that episode I just think it's something that feels like we've seen it before. The whole thing's really cold. Aesthetically, the performances are really Mm. cold. It makes me sad for people like Martin Comston because, you know, he's come off of Line of Duty. I had my issues with Vigil. I know that was a semi-hit for people, but this had nothing to offer. I think it comes from an ITV that is 
going increasingly stale. I won't be on the podcast next week, but listen anyway, where they'll be talking about ITV's next one called Holding, which is, to be fair to ITV, cut from a very different cloth and based on a novel, but this one by Graham Norton, so it's a bit, got a bit more of a, a bounce about it. It's but, a, yeah, comedic, a comedic slant, hasn't it? There's, of the three dramas we're talking about, I think what they all lacked for me is some level of levity. They were, yeah. Everything this week was very po-faced, mm. very serious, and, you know, the... This very much is the, you know, the the um, paint by numbers ITV thriller. We will disagree about whether people will watch it or not, but certainly, I've heard people at work talk about enjoying dramas like this in the past. I think people, you know, you give them a lot more credit for the level of sophistication that they like from dramas. Sometimes they just want things that play in front of them that they can just ignore. But in that um, case, they may as well watch CBeebies. It shuts off at seven. True. You know, us and other TV critics are probably the people who are giving this the most, like, under the microscope viewing. A lot of people will just watch this and maybe not enjoy it, but will just put the four episodes on because it's on. I don't understand that mentality when there's just so many options available now. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, 20 years ago when we started recording this episode there was there was less there was less choice but but now you've got all the streamers you've got boxes you've got stuff that people have been recommending that you haven't got round to this just doesn't need to be part of a television uh, yeah, discussion in is, my view at all you need to have the you need to have the energy and you need to have the sort of mental alertness at nine o'clock to go these guys are wasting my time what's mm. on amazon but do people have that and again, you are thinking that everyone lives in that world where they want something recommended to them. A lot of people are happy just to. But to be see fair, yeah. to be fair, at that time of night, I will put Netflix on and I will spend half an hour looking at Netflix. Well, and that's, not a, to watch. that's a different exactly. podcast in itself. I would say though that that is a better More entertaining. Time than this program. Crossover to Sarah and do one of those po-faced dramas Matt was talking about. Uh, the Dropout over on Disney Plus which comes to us from Hulu in the States. Hulu? Hulu. Hulu. In the States. <laughs> um, okay, so Amanda Seyfried plays Elizabeth Holmes, who uh, you will know from the headlines from about sort of four years ago. She was a self-made billionaire, a female CEO, um, and she was accused of medical fraud. Her company was Theranos. So we see her as a um, teenager. She's getting ready to go to Stanford. Um, this is 2001 at the heist of the Enron scandal. Her dad works at Enron. He's determined not to be embarrassed and emasculated in front of his children as his job and his whole company dissolves in front of his eyes. Um, again, based on fraud. Um, but Elizabeth is very keenly aware and she's taking it all in. Uh, she goes off to do biomedical engineering at Stanford. She's got a whole life planned out from an early age. She wants to be a visionary, an inventor. Um, Steve Jobs is her hero. But you get the sense that she doesn't want to go into sort of health research for the good of mankind. She wants to do it for money. And she's quite upfront about that. Um, so she's a prodigy at Stanford. She's in a research group that's at least four years ahead of her. Um, and she's getting her professors interested in her ideas for wearable tech. So we see her giving evidence in court at the start of the episode. And then we sort of see her life leading up to that point. So it is a little bit. 10 years earlier, it 17 Luke, years earlier. special. Don't, don't tiptoe around it. It's another it, Luke special. I think, I think they do it in a less clumsy way, though. Mm. And it does intrigue you as to 
why this downfall is she was she immoral did she not care was well, that, it always just about that's, that's the question isn't it would somebody with this moral compass would they knowingly defraud people so she went off to beijing before she went to college she's very very serious about learning mandarin where none of her peers are all she wants to do is learn and succeed she's single-minded and this is where she meets sunny balwani who's going to feature um as part of her company she was the CEO and he was the COO. He's older. He says that he sold a tech company for a fortune. And so that piques her interest in him. Um, she just seems to be no good at having fun. And oddly to me, she doesn't seem like a risk taker. But you would mm. think that someone who is determined to be a success in the corporate world, especially as a woman, is going to be a risk taker. I She's also really not so, also not somebody who puts herself out on a limb. You know, she spends no. practicing laughing and smiling in the mirror because yeah. she just doesn't have those that skill set. She also it made me wonder then, if she was on the spectrum. Mm. Yeah, it's not explicitly said as it often isn't no. in these sort of dramas. Your thing about it being po-faced, I agree with. However, I think that is because Elizabeth Holmes shows herself mm. to be mm. completely po-faced, driven. You know, she does this blood thing because of her mother when she's raped she says that's because i didn't listen to you and i wasn't careful enough and i went to a party and let myself go we've seen a lot of these true stories and some have worked some have haven't and i think this is one that really does work because i really think amanda seafree does a brilliant job in helping you understand and empathize with a character that in lesser hands you may not have understood or empathized with Laurie Metcalf does a great uh, co-starring bit where she turns up as this science teacher who sort of shatters Elizabeth's dreams and hopes for the for the first time in her life, really. Alan Rook from Succession turns up later. He's brilliant. Stephen Fry turns up later. He's brilliant. It's just one of these really well-crafted true-life stories that really got under my skin and I really enjoyed and I urge people to go and see it because I think it comes from the angles just right. It doesn't paint her a villain. It doesn't paint her this, you know, this awful person who does this awful thing. It really looks at her as a person and asks how much how much capability or culpability perhaps did she have in releasing a product that was not going to to help people and was just going to rip them off. And it also talks about the American pharmaceutical uh, world, which is riddled with contradictions and costs and god knows what else that is really a mess as we saw in dope sick all those months ago i think hulu's does these things well dope sick worked uh for me better than it worked for matt when we spoke about that and they've got another one coming up called welcome to plathville which is pam and tommy as well pam and tommy they just got they've just cornered the market in these interesting true stories there are some stuff that i didn't like there's william h macy in a bald cap that was nothing other than distracting and I couldn't take my eyes away from him and perhaps didn't listen to anything that character was saying at any time because why has he got that bald cap on? Especially later on when they have Kurtwood Smith, one of the best bald people in the business, coming on in with his real head. Why didn't they just switch those actors around and have real bald man? I don't know. There's some questions Leave William there. H. Macy alone. He's got to provide for an entire family at the moment. He does now. Wives. No, she's not in prison anymore. Oh, no, she's she... not in prison. She... No. But she's not working, is she? No, but that would probably be next Hulu's next big... <laughs> the Felicity Huffman right. story. No, just one more point I wanted to make about making her a sympathetic character. 
um, is because she is a female CEO in mm. this world that's dominated mm. by men. All of the people that she lists that went on to great success from Stanford who dropped out are all men. So she goes to that female professor yeah. in the hope that, you know, she said, as a woman, doesn't exactly. She You've got phrase. ovaries. I've got ovaries. We can be mates. Um, and sh the line that, that she says is, if you get anything wrong, they will destroy you and be happy to do so. Mm. And I think that is one of those things where, you know, I don't know, maybe 50 percent or may maybe more of the audience for this is going to be female. And we're kind of like, oh, you're despicable. But I also understand what you're going through. Mm. So it makes it very difficult for me to sort of like you say, she's not a black and white character. No. Um, and she is um, empathetic, sympathetic, especially how she deals with the rape or, or doesn't in the fact that her mum is very cold and frosty to her. And she says, I love you. And her mum doesn't say it back. So young women and women of every age can completely empathise with her. And it's mm. so hard because you know that she is bad. She's done terrible things. Matt, you called it po-faced. Mm. Did that distract for you? Will you be watching past the first episode you were made to watch for the podcast? No. That you want more? The dropout <laughs> continues. <laughs> You're both making really good points, but I just I didn't get on board with this at all. I didn't find her sympathetic or empathetic. I just couldn't get on with this character at all. I found her so cold, so detached. I didn't think she had any chemistry with Saeed from Lost. I, I just didn't have a connection to this. I really struggled. I thought the the, the pace was really slow. I, I didn't really get a lot out of this, really. This was all very much the context episode. This is her adolescence. This is sort of what sets her up to be this businesswoman. But this episode, this first episode for me, didn't do a, a great deal. And I really struggled with it, if I'm honest. I mean, it sounds from what you're saying that it improves. I saw you on Twitter comparing it to Inventing Anna, which we watched a couple of weeks ago. Just based purely on the first episode of each, I enjoyed that a lot more. That had a little bit more glamour to it, perhaps, and it had the audience proxy, which I really appreciated. It's almost like if we focused purely on the Julia Garner character in Inventing Anna, it would be completely different. And here we had a character who I didn't really feel that much for until, as you said, the end where the sexual abuse happens. And But prior to that, I found her really off-putting. There was just not a lot to like about her, really. And I didn't really want to spend that much time with her. The Dropout continues on Wednesdays on Disney+. Plus. Uh, three episodes are there now. Sarah, you're not a Disney Plus subscriber, but if you were, would you persist? Yeah, really interested in it. I thought it was really intriguing. You know, in a way that Inventing Anna wasn't, I gave up with that after 10 minutes, couldn't be bothered. I found Our House a much easier watch than this, oh, if I'm come honest. come on, come on, you're, you're, you're skating on thin no, ice. No, no, I didn't at this point, it. Be, at this point, it'll be Sarah's podcast. I didn't oh, enjoy it, and I didn't enjoy Our House more, but I found that to be an easier watch. It's, there's a difference. Yeah, but that's drama for dummies. Uh, next up then is Pieces of Her, another drama based on a novel, an airport novel you might say. All available now is his Netflix's Desire. And Matt, <laughs> who watched this after lots of dentistry drugs and works being done, but how much it, do you remember and how much can it you was, set it up? It wasn't directly after, it was later that day. So was it during? Like, I'd love to watch yeah, it during. Yeah. This one, as Luke says, is based on a novel by Karen Slaughter. From the perspective of Andy, she has moved from 
New York to care for her mum when her mum was going through breast cancer, working as a call taker for the local police. She goes to a diner with her mother, Laura. A man gets up and starts going wild with a gun, shooting people willy-nilly. And when the shooter confronts Andy, because she's there in her police uniform, her mum, Laura, gets up and sort of tries to shield her. There is this confrontation. The guy then goes for a knife. Deck your home with blinds.com. DIY or let us install. Free design consultation. Plus free samples and free shipping. Blinds.com invented a better way to buy custom high-quality window treatments with no showroom mock-ups or waiting around for quotes from pushy salespeople, saving you time and money for the holidays with upfront pricing right on our website. Go right now to Blinds.com. Satisfaction guaranteed. Satisfaction guaranteed. Shop Blinds.com's Green Monday sale. Get up to 45% off plus doorbuster deals. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... As easy as pie? Sure. All you have to do is enter your license plate or VIN. As easy as a stroll in the park. Okay, then just answer a few questions and you'll get a real offer in seconds. As easy as singing. Why not? Schedule a pickup or drop-off and Carvana will pay you that amount right on the spot. As easy as playing guitar. Actually, I find that kind of difficult. But selling your car to Carvana is as easy as... Can be. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to get an instant offer today. Stabs Laura in the hand and Laura's sort of immediate reaction is to get the knife and slit this guy's throat. As a result, she sort of gets lauded as a hero on TV. This quickly makes her deteriorate, says, Andy, you need to leave the house now. Andy's not quite sure why she's doing this, neither is her stepfather. But we soon find out that there's sort of mysterious figures from Laura's past who come into the house, but Andy disrupts them. And from there, why is this happening? What are the secrets Laura is hiding, basically? Tony Collette is very watchable in everything. Um, I think the initial mystery is really good. Who is Laura really? And what's the gap between her real character, the character of this sort of speech and language therapist that she presents to the world, and then this strange public perception of her. Now the video of this terrible act has gone viral. You know, she's some sort of like small town hero. She's none of these things. She's all of these things. Who is she? I'm a little bit concerned that there's maybe drugs, maybe gangsters, something terrible in her past. There's a guy standing in the garden of a San Francisco mansion going, we've got a problem, it's her, because she's resurfaced on all the news and stuff. Um, my concern is that if Laura is this much of a badass, why is her daughter so timid? She's frightened of everything. She's frightened of her own shadow, and now she's got to do these terrible things because of what her mum's brought her into. Sure. I think, if anything, she's been too shielded, bless her. I think that's the thing, isn't it? She doesn't want her. She wants a different life for her daughter. Mm. That's probably the reason. Yeah, exactly. You know, she's sort of gone gone the other way too far, really. And, yeah, and she's put, and it looks like, you know, she's been raised by this set father who seems, like, very intellectual, so their sort of combined parenting probably resulted in that. There's also these strange flashbacks, are they flashbacks, are they dreams, of a little girl stuck in a shed in the snow when Laura has got that massive knife in her hand and she's Weirdly, bleeding Weirdly, I think it's she's a kid's about... playhouse. 
<laughs> and I oh, think no, she's seen some cat. things. And that's not snow. <laughs> Um, yeah, so there's there's this suggestion that I think it must be Laura's childhood was, you know, traumatic or abusive or something. Um, and, and again, that's kind of shield her daughter from. Um, Andy does seem like really cute. And I don't quite understand why she's she's gone to be a maybe it's just because it's a small town. But why is she working as, as a dispatcher for the police? You know, she seems to be the antithesis of that. She's an artist. She seems a bit wet, to be honest. I think this is probably going to be the making of her. She's got no choice in the matter. You know, when, when someone is breaking into your house, you know, after you've had such a terrible day, you, you either call the police or you um, pick up a hammer or something. You don't sort of sneak around going, oh, no, what's happening? Do you do that voice that normally mean- when bad things happen? <laughs> <laughs> Only if I'm feeling particularly cowardly. Is it a terrible thing for me to think of this poor girl as a bit cowardly? Maybe it well, is. That, Maybe not I cowardly, think, just unprepared. Point. Unprepared mm. for, the, for the life she's well, been thrust into. When she was quite young, she had to come back to presumably her hometown to yeah. care for her mum, and that's why she's ended up in this job as a call dispatcher. It's not her sort of ideal, but she wants to be that sort of caregiver to her mum, even though... She's fine now, and so she could have moved on. I think that's the sort of character she's almost in, like this yeah. malaise. I have to, I have to um, con- his ex-girlfriend and his ex-girlfriend's mum, and then there was a guy who was trying to make a call, I think, to the police, so he got shot. But then um, he just started going, "You were wearing a police uniform. I'm going to shoot you." I got the impression that. But that he was would've... because suicide by cop is what he was going mm. for. Okay, I didn't pick up on that. If I'm honest. There you go. No, it's not <laughs> as right. not as easy to follow, is it? As as our house. That's the sort of thing. No, <laughs> no, no. This was absolutely fine. I love Tony Collette, but I think the problem here, as the title suggests, pieces of her. She's having to play like two or three different characters. What I got from her is she's almost had like this Jason Bourne type training. And that's why she sort of snapped so quickly with the knife, her instinct to slit this guy's throat. The sort of shady figure would be like the Treadstone organisation who sort of train these assassins in the Bourne. That's what I got from that. that There's this sort of shady corporation who are sending these men out to silence her, basically. I'm with you, uh, Sarah. It's Bella Heathcote playing the daughter, Andy. A bit where here, at least, we had that audience proxy. You know, you've got someone to follow who I found to be very sympathetic, if not a little bit on the shy side. But I think that's to sort of almost endear her to us to an extent. That's what I got from it. And it's going to be her story trying to find out about her mum. I didn't really feel anything for any of these characters by the end. I thought it was fine. It was sort of a good sort of opening episode. You did get that intrigue. I can tell why people would continue, but there wasn't a hook for me to carry on. My final comment is that um, it's always nice to see it, to hear the Foo Fighters on um, any show. Mm. But I think using the Pretender was yes, a little I was bit gonna, I, I, I said that as well. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, I saw this a while ago. I was given screenings for this from Netflix. as before the trailer came out, so I knew nothing about this before I saw it. And that's rare for me. And so that first episode really drew me in because Tony Collette is, as you both said, incredibly watchable. And you just couldn't predict where it was going. I thought it was properly tense, this sequence in the cafe, 
probably tense and tense from there on in where you realize that hang on why doesn't she want this publicity why doesn't she want to be rewarded for taking down this guy who shot this young girl callously She's really scared of anyone going to the cops why, as well, why she? does she not want any police involvement based on this first one you've perhaps interpreted the title incorrectly matt is that the pieces of her is actually andy trying to work out how much of her is within her mother okay. because because okay. she's had to sort of find out these whole other skill sets that she didn't know she was capable of. It's not a spoiler because it's on Netflix by There's now. There's probably people who've binged the entire yes. season by the time. By the time. By the, in, the, in the time we've spoken about the opening episode, people will have seen the whole thing. And, and Tony Collette sends her away. She is sent across country to a car garage to collect a car that Tony Collette's left there it's got a load of money in the boot so there's a load of stuff going on and mm. and uh, Bella Heathcote's character Andy has to sort of work out how to be this sort of undercover agent as such she's got to watch her steps she got, she's only got one phone on her which she's only allowed to communicate with her mum with but only when her mum calls she goes to see another um, boyfriend of her mother's she finds out that everybody knows her mother's backstory even the stepfather who Matt presumed didn't everybody knows the Tony Collette story apart from Andy so she's the one piecing the pieces of her all together but the thing was for me as much as I enjoyed that first episode I think listening to you both I think I enjoyed it more than you the more it went on and the more it unravels what the central conceit is behind it I found myself getting more and more switched off and perhaps I won't say here in case you are not at that stage of the, of the binge what this all is but it just gets sillier and sillier by the time it got to the end of three I was like I don't need to see any more of this I know where it's going. I'm not as interested. It's shown its cards too soon. I'm not that bothered. It's just getting more and more convoluted. So it's a rare one where I start off really enthusiastic and then the more mm. I see, the more I go, do you know what? No, I don't think so. As good as Tony Collette is. And I, I didn't get that wet lettuce from her. I got this so the young girl who had been sheltered all her life by her parents and not wanting to explore their past and then being thrown into this world where she's got to be his undercover agent for lack of a better phrase and do all these things that her mum tells her to do and she's completely unprepared for the life she's she's about to live and so I didn't think of her as a wet lettuce and she does do action sequences and it's all very believable from her you empathize with her or at least I did but it's just the more it went on and opened itself up and revealed some of the secrets I went oh no yeah I'm not that bothered now I saw, now I know what this is I'm not that bothered and so I, I felt like it to use a map phrase which I don't think I've ever used the more I watched it was like the law of diminishing returns every time I went back to it I was like I'm not Good loving luck. this I'm gonna stop so I did I, I got halfway I think there's eight I got to the middle of four and went no and it's interesting to me at least to somebody living in a tv bubble that this is a big Netflix drama with a big face like Tony Collette and I have seen a handful of reviews and none from all the big the big wig critics that I follow from Rolling Stone and New York Times and Vulture magazine. Nobody's covered it because they have this idea of if I ain't got nothing to say, I ain't going to review it. And, and I think that's the consensus is it's just a bit too light and airy. It's all on <laughs> Netflix now. It's called Pieces of Her. Compared to this, the dropout is outstanding I, th I think the dropout is doing things 
And and the the time not that long ago that something like the dropout would have been commissioned by Netflix. I don't quite know what what their dramas are at the moment. They seem to be a bit all over the place. It's a shame. I was talking to somebody at this wedding at the weekend. It's a shame that that is the only streamer that nine out of ten people will pay for, will subscribe mm. to, and there's just nothing on it at the moment. That seems no. The only people who really subscribe to Disney Plus are people with kids. I find they'll have Disney yeah. Plus for the kids. Yeah. But they yeah. won't know that all this stuff yeah. is there. These Either the shows. stuff for the kids or like Marvel Star Wars fans. Mm. Yeah. Those are the yeah. two sort of sets of people who will who will invest in Disney Plus. And then Apple again is just one people aren't aware of what's on there or they just haven't got the extra money. Because I described to... the plot to Severance and someone went, That sounds really good, but you know, I haven't got the money for Apple T V, so I'm not gonna pay whatever can, it is I, like five ninety nine. I can empathise with that. That is on Netflix. And finally, something that is all on now, if you choose to watch it, uh, is the HBO comedy drama, Somebody Somewhere. Let's just, before we set this up, before Sarah does it, let's just bask in the fact that this is only half an hour. <sighs> Sarah. That's so good. So ta- good. I love tell that. Us, tell the people who may or may not have tuned out at this point, get them back for Somebody Somewhere. <laughs> Somebody Somewhere is set in small town Kansas and you may recognise Bridget Everett in the lead role as Sam from her long-standing relationship with Amy Schumer. She's basically in everything that Amy Schumer does. And I've always thought of her as a very big performer, big presence, big body shape, big voice. So I was just thinking that this was going to be like broad strokes comedy, but no. She is reconnecting with the world essentially after the loss of her sister Holly Uh, She came back home to look after her when no one else would. Sam, on the surface, is the cool auntie with the blue hair dye and the sex advice. Her family thinks she's a loser. Her family is messed up in their own special way. Her other sister is really awful. So she is working a crappy job and having a bad time of everything, really. And people are desperate for her to want to be happy again. It's like allowing herself to be happy again. She used to be... Like a bit of a small town hero, but for singing rather than sports. She used to be in what the school called a show choir. I'm not quite sure what that translates to in British schools. I imagine it's just the choir. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, she used to be joyful. She used to spread joy by singing. And this all comes to a head because one of her former classmates uh, has written a self-published memoir about the choir and what they got up to. So she's marking multiple choice exams at her work, which looks like the most boring job that you could possibly think of. Is it like the SATs or something I like think that? think so, like, yeah. You know more about the American te- school testing system. It is, yeah. but um, I thought they had machines that did those. I didn't know people mm, physically marked them. They must be marking those and the essays because there's always a mm. bit of there's a written essay on these things yeah. as well sometimes. Um, her geeky-looking colleague, Joel, is determined to get her out of herself. So he takes her to something at a local church, which is called choir practice. Turns out choir practice is code for drinking, dancing, music, general showing off. It's a very welcoming, very queer environment, especially for small town Kansas. Sam Rococo is the amazing MC. I thought she was wonderful. She gets up on stage and despite herself, she sings Don't Give Up by Kate Bush and... Peter Gabriel, 1986. Oh, well done, thank you. I wasn't going to tell you that, Ben. What was its highest chart position, Luke? Give me a sec. (laughs) Give me a sec. I've got it written down. Don't give up. Hang on. 
I've got it oh, written down. Oh, you can't here. Google it. That's I'm not, not Googling that's it. Not... I'm not Googling it. I wouldn't do that to Sarah and yourself. Oh, you've got a spreadsheet. I've got a spreadsheet. Oh, I'm no, not, it's I'm... on your little thing on your sort of iTunes, isn't it? Number, re- number, nine, on the, number nine on the 1st of November, oh. 86. Top down in the UK. Um, I can't tell you how well it is. You can tell Luke's a frustrated DJ, can't you? you a frustrated can, wannabe you? DJ. We can just tell me I'm generally frustrated. <laughs> Speaking yes. of which, I was just going to say that this uh, group gives all these weirdos somewhere to belong, which I think, you know, everyone can resonate with that. That's um, why we've got the podcast. Exactly. Yeah. Welcome. I think this Welcome. show does a lot in 30 minutes, but it doesn't at all feel rushed. The performances are very natural. It's very raw and uncomfortable in places. You can totally tell that this is semi-autobiographical. And it's just so sad because she doesn't think that she deserves to be happy. She's lost without her sister and with her sister dying. She's lost a sense of purpose. In the second episode, I'm delighted to report there is a hot neighbour. I hope there's something there other than exchanging dark jokes and garden advice over the fence. And to bring it back to something personal, I would like the podcast and Netflix and Now TV and everybody to buy into a trigger warning on all comedy dramas that are trying to explore the nuances and subtleties of grief. I feel like we've seen a lot of those recently. Was it hard for you? It kind of wasn't because... I'm just cheering her on because I think she's a wonderful character. But if it's not a widower one week, it's a, you know, bereaved sister the next week. And it's flipping Ricky Gervais's fault, I imagine. Um, I'm not sure how much more happy, sad that I can take at this point. Can we just have some dick jokes and someone falling over? Sometimes I I need that. To be fair, you haven't seen episode two of Our House. (laughs) I, I, I think in terms of this, though, this is sort of the plot contrivance to get her back to her hometown isn't it she's come back here to care for her sister who has died she hasn't been living with the family full time or that's what i got from it at least she no she's came still back, living in her sister's she? house i think yeah and that's part of it i suppose but that's not the only element of it is it it's yeah not, i suppose you're right yeah. it's, it's about bringing someone back to their roots mm. for them to sort of learn to accept who they are where they've come from the sort of people who you know they had to navigate high school with that sort of thing but yeah, I was just like, oh, for heaven's sakes, of course it's about grief again. <laughs> but no, I, I really loved it. And as you can tell, I loved it so much that I immediately watched the second episode. So there you go. That's pretty high praise, I think. But like you say, it's so nice to have something that isn't 50 minutes, an hour long. Keep it short, keep it snappy and keep me interested. Is that your way of saying we've been talking too long? <laughs> Um, There are times where I wonder what the point of the podcast is, specifically the ones I'm not on. But... (laughs) (laughs) But the point of the podcast is shows like this, because if somebody hears the podcast and learns about this show through this podcast, then I feel like we've made their day a bit brighter, because to, to rework a 90s classic, lovely, lovely, isn't it lovely... We get sued by the cardigans a little bit. I just, I just thought everything no, about this. You turned all, the, you changed all the words there. So I did, did. Uh, yeah, no. So come at me, Swedes. I don't care. You were number two, by the way, in 1997. Um, I can't. And remember. he didn't have to look that up. Yeah, I knew that one. I knew that one. It's one of those rare things. I'd put it in the same category, although this is better structured as something like better things on the iPlayer where it just feels so authentic so genuine so personable and all you're doing is getting a window into that person's life because they put a camera there and that's what great intimate 
personal TV can do better than most anything else. I just found this completely easy to watch. I relaxed into it immediately. I wasn't aware of Bridget Everett because I don't have that connection to Amy Schumer. But yeah, I just think it's a powerhouse performance. Everybody I've seen subsequently, I've read all the critics' reviews after watching this, is just one of those hidden gems that HBO has commissioned that may not have happened 20 years ago and, and is one of those things that we just need to relax into, watch and enjoy and celebrate these small towns, these small communities with big voices. I thoroughly enjoyed it and now Matt's going to tell me I'm wrong and that he didn't and that you know I should have booked somebody else for the podcast this week because if you had a problem with this, I think you're going to have a problem with me. And if you have a problem with me... Oh, yeah. okay. I'm All backing right. you up, mate. I'm going to hold okay. you Okay. Hold my cardigan, oh, as I just said. <laughs> I feel very <laughs> intimidated. Yeah, you should no, be. No, I, I, I love this as well. Thank I, you. I, this was genuine. And I think we all could relate to this in a way, I think. I've seen this described as a coming of middle age story. Oh, nice. I like that. So, And I think that's how Bridget Everett has described it. I loved the chemistry between Bridget Everett and it's Jeff Hiller as the mm. friend. Sometimes you need to find that person who brings you out of yourself. And I think they, they, they've shown that. I, I know, obviously, Sarah, you've mentioned the grief aspect of it. But I think even before that, she didn't have a purpose. I think that's what they're trying to say. Even before she moved back to this little sort of Kansas town, she still didn't have that purpose. She didn't have an identity. And she is remembered as being this really talented singer but no one's picked, you know, like we've got the family here, the sister who's very sort of prissy and criticising her all the time. Mm. We've got mum who's an alcoholic, dad who's sort of just trying to ignore everything that's going on. Mike Haggerty, who was Mr. Trigger on Friends, and I remember from Wayne's World as well. Yes. Yeah, but he he's very old now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so she hasn't got that support network that you need and she finds it in the strangest of places this old school friend and it's that relationship that I really like and as Luke said you know we're dropping in on on these characters I mean it reminds me like stuff like Betty which you liked a lot more than I did but this I think you've got this really strong central performance a character you can root for someone of sort of similar age to ourselves so we can sort of relate to a lot of the themes in this and just sort of that sense of someone who you want to see succeed. And as you say, you want to see a bond in a, in a nice way with the, uh, the hot neighbour. And you really felt for when she criticises the guy for knowing what he wants. You know, he's the, the bit with the dream board. Yeah. Because she was sort of almost... It's like she's had a kick in from her sister and so she mm. goes to dish that out to somebody else because mm. she can't deal with those thoughts in her own head. She wants to go and bring someone else down. But it's fortunately, like... she realises what she's done and mm. she's she's big enough to go and apologise. Because it's like you're in your 40s now, you should know, you know, you should already have that life. You should, you know, if mm. this was going to happen, it would have happened already. I'm proving here that I'm not just in a negative mood. <laughs> I really like this. Watch it, guys. Watch yes. it. Yeah, exactly. Would, if we can get more eyeballs on this, then I feel like this podcast has done a public service for the first time. I was time worried they'd taken out Matt's happy tooth. Until then. <laughs>
I didn't know, you know, they, re- they removed his happy tooth and he just well, can't watch television first, anymore. So maybe everything else was spoiled Ooh. for me. After. Maybe you've watched the best thing first. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It's like when you speak to me and then Sarah comes on, how do you, how does Sarah <laughs> do even repeat? Yeah. So somebody somewhere is available as a full box set, you know, it's all aired in the state. And it is exactly what we said. It's, it's that rarest thing of a small show that very few people know about that has complete identity from the moment it starts. It has gorgeous music, brilliant people, these feel down-to-earth, real people who you could easily bump into, and it's telling a story that feels deeply personable and deeply important. And uh, we thought, or at least I thought, that uh, you might not be aware of it, so I wanted to give it its dues here. Somebody Somewhere on Now and Sky Comedy... A question, I think we've done this before and we won't do a long time on it because we've all got varying degrees of life to go back to, but I, th- I feel like we're still in this era where this is on Sky Comedy basically because it's got funny bits, but also because it's half an hour. I don't know why we're still at this age where a drama can't be half an hour because this is as much a drama as anything else we've watched and is more affecting than most of the other things we've watched, mm. so why can't... Yeah. Why can't this be on Sky Atlantic and be called a drama? I don't quite know. But I think it is solely because it's half an hour. And I think we need to start breaking down those genres a little bit more. Because it's not the funny bits of this, I'll remember. It's the human bits. It's the the disappointment. It's the upset. It's the arguments. And they're not funny, folks. They are... The authenticity. Yes, Mm. exactly. I feel like perhaps we've seen something similar recently in Cheaters, which I cannot stop recommending to people. I've seen um, you recommending I just think, it. I just think that it was just absolutely phenomenal television. I watched the first episode going, oh, this looks like a bit of a bit of a one note sort of stupid romantic comedy sort of thing, you know. But my God, I was wrong. It was absolutely phenomenal. Again, Is it the, the same story of- every week? Or is it yes, different? it is. Yeah, it's oh, okay. the layers of comedy to it, the layers of drama mm. and the way that the characters grow and change. It's absolutely spectacular. Um, they are absolute masters because it's 10 minute or 12 minute episodes. They are absolute masters of pulling you in and making sure that you sit down and stay and making sure that you press the next please button and suddenly you lose a whole night to it. That's what they should call that. <laughs> the ne- next, next please. Next please. Yeah. Next please. <laughs> Jeeves. Yeah, and we've we've done ourselves a disservice again because we did say at the top that we would talk about all our places to find us and what we're up to, and we ended up talking about hot water taps instead. Hot cross buns and hot cross buns. Yeah, everything hot. I remember to do it last week when you don't sort of interrupt. We we managed to. When I don't give it, when I don't give it humanity and and personality, you do it. When I don't have it when I don't have it written next to me. Saying, okay. do the plugs. How I Met Your Father is coming to Disney Plus after being slated in the US on Hulu. This is the reboot or reimagining, I suppose, of the CBS comedy How I Met Your Father with Hilary Duff. It's Kim <laughs> Cattrall as the older Hilary oh. Duff, which already. Oh. Okay, weird. Yeah. Fine. Weird. Interesting though. Um, and we've got a, a piece going up on Monday, so actually before this podcast, about how the original show has not aged well and how the new show just doesn't do enough to rectify the toxic emasculinity and Ma- masculinity a... mm. toxic yeah. masculinity yeah yeah 
I would yeah. solidly agree of, with that piece, that and I'm very interested to read it. Uh, we also got, and Matt mentioned it on the last podcast, but I'll mention it again. We also got a piece from Sam about the importance in his life of Russell T. Davis and how he has basically single-handedly shaped uh, the way queer people are viewed on television, at least on British television, with shows like Cucumber and It's a Sin and even his more traditional ITV show, Bob and Rose. So that's a good Russell T. Davis uh, retrospective you can find there as well. The Twitter is, I've got my own personal one that I keep forgetting exists. It's Luke Knowles and uh, at Luke Custer TV uh, for all the site stuff. Matt, where are you? I'm at home. Oh, at, at Matt's TV Rights on Twitter. And when are you likely to tweet? Just doing Great British Menu already, Zoe? Great British Menu. I mean, I, I am affronted that they've decided to alter the times it's on. I don't understand that at all. It used to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, 8pm. That's fine. Now, Tuesday, 8pm, Wednesday, 9pm, Thursday, 8pm. What's going on with that? I mean... I could. I tell you what's going on with that. Wednesday's different. You can feel that pain, though, can't you? As as someone who watches TV linearly, I can't feel it in regards to the Great British Menu, though. So you you've lost me somewhat. Oh, um, Sarah, you are writing for other people. Uh, what are you writing, and where can people find you? So I'm writing for whynow.co.uk. Um, I've just written a bit seven shows that you might have missed last month but because you listen to this podcast i don't think you have missed them i think you're up to date well you've deliberately missed them thanks to our recommendations (laughs) yes you've made a conscious effort so congratulations to you don't listen to me i don't you know we don't um (laughs) cheers i've got got a couple more long form pieces coming up for them as well um in the midst of trying to move house and buy a kitchen so yeah real life is getting in the way of tv at the moment which is and take that tap back that you bought and replace it for um (laughs) with a posh one that's right but if you want to see my general ramblings on all topics um i am at sarah hanstera on the twitter we will be back soon or rather matt will as the only piece of connective tissue on the podcast of late. I'll uh, take thank- that. Yeah. That's in my Twitter bio, I think. I, yeah, see, you as, I, I see you as just that. Connective <laughs> tissue. You described me during a, a DM conversation as a piece of furniture as well. So, you know. Yeah, yeah. Can we, can we call you Matt the Membrane? He's if you want. <laughs> the connective tissue same. that holds it all together. He's not bone or, or ligament or anything. He's just... The connection that keeps people coming back. We'll Everyone back needs soon. a connection. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Rate and review us wherever you find us. Search The Custard TV on YouTube, iTunes and Facebook. Deck your home with blinds.com DIY or let us install Free design consultation Plus free samples and free shipping Ho ho ho! Blinds.com invented a better way to buy custom high quality window treatments with no showroom mock-ups or waiting around for quotes from pushy salespeople. Saving you time and money for the holidays with upfront pricing right on our website. Go right now to Blinds.com. Satisfaction guaranteed. Satisfaction guaranteed. Shop Blinds.com's Green Monday sale. Get up to 45% off plus doorbuster deals. Blinds.com.
Rules and restrictions may apply.